Show, episode number 385. My name is John Morgan. Cole Coffee is not with me because he's in San Diego, California right now. <laughs> uh, by the way, getting into some ruckus over there, I might add. Maybe we can get him to share a little something on that. But uh, he was messaging me this morning. Things were amiss at Media Day. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that and let him tell the story when he feels comfortable with it. But, uh, yeah, a little bit jealous I'm not out in San Diego this week. Uh, would have liked to see my man Anthony Peach out there and grab some uh, incredible frosty beverages. They got the craft brews out there. San Diego's a cool town, man. Uh, obviously, great weather. It's like 75 degrees like every single day of the year. Um, but it was my kid's first week at school this week, and I wanted to – be around for that. I got Salt Lake City next week and then uh, Philadelphia the week after that. Uh, we got the back-to-backs to wrap up the month for Fury Grappling and uh, CFFC if you got a chance to see those announcements. Um, pretty cool stuff to see, man. Uh, Andre Petrosky back at it with your boy Eric Anders in the co-main event. Uh, Clay Guida and Alex Caceres rebooked for the main event uh, of the grappling event. So continuing those back-to-backs, man, I-, I love doing that. So anyway, just didn't want to travel three consecutive weeks. Missed my first my, my my kid's first week of school. Fifth grade, man. Fifth grade. Time goes by fast. Just kind of want to be around for that. You know what I mean? So anyway, cold coffee handling business down there in San Diego. And, uh, you know, he'll help us out with the and-a-half episode over the weekend. And we'll, we'll find out everything that's going on from him there. Main, you know, listen, card this week down in, in San Diego, maybe not the, the, the biggest of all time by any stretch of the imagination. But I will say... I'm I'm super intrigued by the main event, man. Chito Vera, Dominic Cruz. I mean, listen, I, I I love this fight, and and I did my betting pick this morning for Sports Illustrated, and I I did say I lean Chito Vera in it, right? I mean, he's the guy that's kind of more in form right now. He's the guy that's on the run. Um, you know, seems to be peaking, getting better every single time he fights. Um. And and so I I like it, you know what I mean? I, I I like him here, but man, you're starting to see this thing get bet up, you know, to you know minus two fifty, minus two sixty, uh, and man, that's a lot of money to lay against Dominic Cruz, you know. Dominic Cruz is still a very very dangerous fighter, and I think he's kind of refound his form and and had some, uh, you know, some, some great mental adjustments as well. I had two great interviews. I, at least I thought great. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I guess it's not my place to say, but I enjoyed the answers from those guys. I'm not necessarily commenting my own performance. Um, and it's up on our YouTube channel. And I, I wanted to share the audio today just to make it easier to access, but um, in truth, there were some uh, audio issues on both of them. Like there was some Wi-Fi, I think. Cons- I don't know if the, the, the host hotel, they were saying how beautiful the host hotel was, but it just has the, some, some Wi-Fi issues with both of them. So I went ahead and produced the videos anyway. Um, because I thought they were good enough. It annoys me. I hate it when it's not perfect, but they were good enough that I thought, hey, let's go ahead and, and put this up anyway. So if you want to go check those out, it's on the MMA Underground YouTube channel. And, and while you're there, I mean, hey, hit, get some likes, some subscribe, all that stuff, man. We, we'd appreciate it. Uh, trying to grow that little channel on the side. So anyway, I had a chance to speak to both of them. I got great interviews with both. Um, Dominic Cruz, you know, such a cerebral guy, and it's funny because just a question as simple as, you know, here you are, main event, San Diego, you know, talk to me about the emotions, got to be exciting, you know, and he's like, I don't get excited, you know, this is battle, you know, I could die in there, and and it's, 
you know, some people might say, well, that's a bit much. But no, I think it's a good reminder, man. As much as we love this sport, I think sometimes we forget, like, what's actually being put on the line and what's going through these guys and gals' heads and, you know, what the consequence can be of what happens when you go in there. Now, fortunately, all the medical safety precautions are in place and, and, and you know, the UFC and the commissions do everything they good they, they can do to make it as safe as possible. But it's still absolutely possible to have incredibly traumatic uh, damage done in there, you know, so anyway, thought that was good, and he, you know, had some quotes about how he's kind of really gotten more comfortable as he's understood that he can't control everything that goes out there, and I think you find that a lot, man, and guys that, I don't want to say give up the chase of the of, of the title, because you still want that, but when that's, you know, when that's all you think about, and that's, it's just, it gets kind of unhealthy, and it makes it tough, and I think, you know, Dominic, with everything he's been through with the starts and stops and the injuries and the layoffs and, the, you know, I think he's realized, like, man, some of the stuff is just out of my control. But all I can do is go out there, be the best martial artist I can be, put on the best performance I can put on, you know, and, and, and enjoy and learn and grow from it, you know, and um, as a human being, as a martial artist, all those things. So, you know, it it's... I can see some people saying, ah, come on, at the end of the day, we're talking about a fist fight here. But I don't know. I, I really appreciated the thoughtfulness in the answers. So so that's up on the YouTube page as well. Cheeto Vera as well. Um, I got an article coming out in Sports Illustrated, and the video will be in there, so you can see that. Um, it's live on YouTube if you want to watch as well. But I wrote an article as well uh, that will publish on Sports Illustrated uh, Thursday. And, um, you know, first of all, Cheeto's always got a great attitude, man. And, and he's just, hey, you know, I'm I'm as dialed in as I've ever been. You know, I'm I'm focused. You know, I think the key to to my success right now, a, a lot of credit to Jason Perillo, which he always does credit Jason Perillo. Um, but he also said, you know, his commitment is dedication. You know, to to doing the right thing every day to get right back at it. You know, he said after his last fight, took two days off to see his parents before they went back to Ecuador, and then he was right back in the gym. You know, and he had some great quotes about. You know, I think I think some people think, you know, with a win, you go party and, you know, you go to Hollywood and you get people kissing your ass and all that. And he's like, yeah, it's cool, but what's that doing to help you win your next fight? Because that stuff's all going to go away when you don't win your next fight. So you got to win your next fight. So these two guys are just dialed in, dialed in. So anyway, look, I, I lean towards uh, Cheeto in this fight. Um, I did for my betting previous. I think I'd bet decision, to be honest with you. Um, you know, it's and to be honest with you, it's funny when you look at the odds, they're not that much shorter than just, you know, laying some straight money on, on Marlon Vera. So maybe I'm being a little ridiculous in it. I just I, man, you start getting two fifty, two sixty, two seventy, you know, up around that. That that scares me in a mixed martial arts fight. Again, especially against a guy like Dominic Cruz, you know. But I do really think this goes five rounds, right? I mean, both these guys have incredible cardio, incredible gas tanks, and you know, I just they can damage each other, but I don't know. I just I kind of see him going all five rounds, so that's kind of where I said I was leaning in, in my play. Um, it's a big fight though. It's 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 kind of frustrating because you don't know exactly what is at stake, right? I mean, we know we've got Aljamain Sterling and T.J. Dillashaw coming up in October. We know we got Peter Yan and Sean O'Malley coming up on that same car. We know we've got Jose Aldo and Marab Davalashvili next week, which is crazy. Uh, that is a phenomenal fight, man. I love that fight. Uh, but just so many big fights at Bantamweight right now. And, and, you know, Cheeto Vera had the same thing to say. He was like, look, 
you know, I know some of it's out of my control, and I know nothing's guaranteed, but I know if I go out there and I put on a, a great performance that I get my name advanced in those discussions. And he talked about, you know, kind of coming in with a contender series mentality of like, like I'm trying to make my way here. I'm trying to get my way. I like that, man. I, I, I love that edge, man. I really do love that edge. So, um, yeah, big, big, big bandwagon fans. I really, really do love the main event. Um, I like the co-main event as well. Now, I can see people going, co-main, ooh, co-main event? I mean, that's a co-main event? So I, I can see people getting a little upset with it. But in terms of like – the talent that's involved in it and and what we could potentially see in terms of action. Uh, David Onama and Nate Landwehr is a phenomenal fight, man. I, I mean, these are two – I mean, Nate Landwehr is all action, and he's going to be talking while he does it and, and being all kinds of crazy, and, and, and I love it. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm a sucker for a good, for a, a good country southern accent as well, man. That, that one always does it for me as well. Um, but I'm looking forward to this. A little surprised by this line is, uh, as well. And I'm really high on David Onama, man. I think this guy's the real deal. You know, a few weeks back, I talked to Jason House, his manager, and I specifically asked about him because it just, to me, you know, I'm, it's like, am, am I evaluating this guy correctly or, or not? You know, am I getting a little ahead of myself? And he's like, nah, man, this this dude's the real deal. But, you know, I'm sitting here looking at him at like a minus 280 as well. <sighs> I guess justified. I guess justified. I mean, I'm sitting here telling you how high I am. And the guy, it's just sometimes when I look at these lines, it's not that I don't think the 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 line should be where it is because I don't respect that fighter. It's just because I respect the opponent so much. You know, I mean, obviously, fighting is all about the matches. It's all about the styles. It's all about the matchups, right? And sometimes when I see those lines, I think, whoa, but that dog's a dangerous little dog, you know? So, um I don't know. That one stands out to me. Again, preface all I was saying, but I, I am not a professional gambler by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, when I did used to gamble a little bit and put a little money on it, I'm still looking for value. So, And, and, I, and I like talking about the lines because I like I like using them as a tool of kind of public perception, right? Because that's what it is. It's, you know, I, I see sometimes what all the odds makers are disrespecting a guy. Like, nah, that's that's not it. You know what I mean? That's, the odds makers aren't doing anything to, to, to make a message about respect or where they race my. It's about, you know, getting two-way action on a line. And so, um, you know, sometimes I, I just view that as, um, you know, the, the, the kind of the public sentiment, so to speak, or where people stand on it. So, um, anyway, interested. That co-main event, I think, is, is an all-action fight as well. So, um, I'm excited for that one. Um, you know, the rest of the card, again, it gets it gets a little gets a little thin down there. Not necessarily the most stacked lineup you've ever seen. Um, you know, a couple of newcomers in, on the main card, which I thought was a little bit odd placement in, in the strawweight fight. Uh, Des- Devin Clark versus Azmat Mirzakhanov. Um, that could be vicious. <laughs> the rescheduled Priscilla Cachoeira versus Ariane Lipsky is there. Uh, Bruno Silva versus Gerald Mearshart, GM3 in there. Uh, big underdog there for GM3 as well. I mean, I get it. Bruno Silva's talented as well. Uh, Angela Hill and Lupe Godinez, uh, who uh, I don't know if you saw my note that I said in there. I, I heard some details on that, which is it is pretty cool. Um, you know, they were scheduled to fight like two months from now. And the UFC was like, hey, can we move you up two months and, and, and fight in like 10 days? They did this last week, and they are like, yeah, we can do it. Uh, so, gangster, I think they both deserve props for that, man. Because to, knowing you got to have that weight cut, knowing everything that's in there, um, you know, that's a lot to do. So, respect to that. You know, there's some other, look, DeMond Blackshear is on there. So, we're seeing a CFFC vet step up to the UFC. I always like that. Not an easy first assignment uh, with Yusef Zalal, uh, but that's a great fight. 
Uh, Jason Wynn, uh, Jason Wynn, Jason Witt is in there against Josh Quidlin, Ode Osborne, and Tyson Nan. That could be fun as well. Ode Osborne, Tyson Nan could be a lot of fun. Uh, Gabriel Benitez is always in there to scrap against Charlie Ontiveros, Cinti Cavillo, Nina Nunes. That's a meaningful fight. Another, this, this is the one that I don't understand why that one is on the prelims. And, and I'm not one of these, you know, we talk about sometimes card construction and that sort of thing. I, a, I don't care. I'm watching all the fights anyway, so it doesn't really matter what order they're in for me. And sometimes I kind of like to have a little ranked, you know, fight sprinkled in there on the prelims. You know, that kind of keep the car going. If it's, you know, so they get a little ebb and flow, right? A little, okay, we ramp up. You know, it's not like you're looking at the early fights and going, well, none of these matter, so I don't care. I, so sometimes I, I like it a little interspersed or whatever. Um, and, and sometimes... You know, a lot of times with this card placement thing, there's there's things that have to do with uh, like regional uh, programming or whatever. Like, say you got a European guy, so you put him early in the night so that the, the audience back in Europe can catch it at a decent time. You know, and that's just like, okay, well, we want to make sure the maximum number of eyeballs are watching our our guy. So there's some things like that at play. Well, I don't get this one. <laughs> you got you got the two newcomers in there, unless, unless that's just telling us how high they are in these newcomers. Um, whereas you've got ranked opponents in Cinti Cavillo and Nina Nunes on the prelim. So, um, that's the one that stood out to me is like, what, what are we doing here? But, uh, but we'll see. I'm going to be watching. It's going to be a good card. Uh, you know, just not as much necessarily consequence or whatever in all the bouts all the way across, but still nonetheless, it'll be a fun card. And it's a busy weekend too, because we got Bellator 284. We got the, the PFL playoffs continuing over there in, uh, in Wales, Big opportunity for the PFL to grow into um, Europe for the first time. I had another uh, article with Peter Murray. We didn't do video on it. It was just a phone interview, so I don't have video to go along with it. But did an interview with Peter Murray talking about the PFL's expansion plans and what they want to do um, you know, with their PFL Europe. And then they see it as something that they can do more of in the future, right? We can, you know, he said, maybe, look, we, we like the idea of a PFL UAE, you know, um, and, and maybe we get that done before the end of the year. If not, we'll get it done next year. And it's a pretty cool idea when you think about it. I mean, it's a massive undertaking, but it's, it's a good idea. You know, Bellator kind of had it going for a little while, and then the pandemic came, and that screwed up everything. But, you know, even there's, you know, it was, it was a series, but not necessarily a, a direct feeder, right into it but this would offer more of like a a direct path you know to get there where it's you know you you, you win the the regional league which by the way all the regional leagues they'll be at prime time they'll you know they'll be uh you know they'll make, they're designed for the local fans right the local athletes and the local fans so that they can see it in prime time which is great for them right they can showcase you know they're kind of regional athletes and then these regional athletes can build and they can win a tournament, win a season, and, and maybe get involved in the, the global roster for the next year. And you really kind of build up to it. And you kind of likened it to the Champions League, uh, soccer, obviously, the European Championships. And I think it's like soccer in general, right, where if you're familiar with the systems around the world, there's relegation and uh, promotion and basically like how the team finishes is, you know, if they get moved up to the division ahead or down to the division below. With Champions League, same thing. It's like the, the top teams from each uh, league around Europe, you know, qualify a certain number of teams and they go to this Champions League. So I, I, I like it. I mean, it's a huge undertaking, um, but they seem committed to it, you know, and they've got a lot of financing behind them. They've, they've, they've gotten a lot of investing and, and they want to pull this thing off. And if they can, I think that's a good thing, man. I think it's a good thing for the sport. And 
I think they're doing it the right way, right? I mean, just trying to be another promotion in the United States is tough, man. It's tough. I mean, you can do it, but it's difficult. I mean, trust me. I know, you know, working for MMA Junkie as long as I did, you know, how much of our resources were spent covering the UFC versus spent covering, you know, the other organizations. And listen, the the vast majority of, of fans are casual fans. They're not hardcore fans. They don't know all the brands. So it's tough. So anyway, I think it's, it's, it's a historic weekend. You know, you look at the, at the playoffs themselves for the PFL. And it's the uh, the the welterweights and the heavyweights this week. Um, so you know, Rory McDonald is back in there in in the main event. Um, he's got a tough one in Magomed Umalatov. That is uh that's that's a tough assignment for Rory McDonald to say the least. Um, I'm trying to pull up odds on that one. I didn't look at those earlier. Yeah, Magomed Umalatov minus three hundred. Man, so that just goes to show you. It's not an easy road for these veterans that we're familiar with, right? Anthony Pettis had a tough road, um, you know, and this this one might be a tough one for Roy McDonald as, as well. Anthony D'Elia versus Henan Fajera. Uh, Dennis Goldsoe versus Mateus Scheffel. Sadabusi versus uh, Carlos Leal. Um, some good fights. And, and I like and I love it. If you didn't see last week's card, the PFL playoffs, what they're doing, pretty cool to see, right? Every fight has meaning on it. So they're doing qualifiers for the Euro- European plan. So, you know, you got these fights. And it's win and you're in, lose and go home. Uh, they got guys that are fighting for spots in next year's global roster. I mean, it's kind of vicious. Like, you know, like, hey, man, do you want your contract? Go for it, you know. But it's cool. I think it's cool. And, and again, it's not like those fighters, if they lose, they got to retire. I mean, there's other places out there. And and PFL has said, listen, and it is key for them, I think, to shuffle their roster a little bit every year, right? I think they said, you know, they want to keep about half to 60% of their roster each year, but bring in fresh names, you know, because otherwise, you know, you get those same tournaments over and over, and it's the same people. You know, it's everybody qualifying. The same people are qualifying for the playoffs. Like, even my conversation with Kayla Harrison about like, would you even buy? You know, if you're back next year, do you even bother with the season? Like, maybe it's just. I mean, you've done this at this point. Maybe now it's about one-offs. And she said, No, I think I, honestly, I think this is my last season. You know, we'll just do, you know, super fights, so to speak, or scheduled fights next year. And I think that makes a hell of a lot of sense. You know, and and so they've got to freshen it up. But we talked about this before, man. Like, I, you know, it's it's been a long time since we talked about it. But I remember thinking, you know. What if you did like a live series every week at the Apex where it was like guys fighting for their contract or something like that, you know, something like Dana White's contender series, but maybe for that bottom tier of the roster or something like that. Again, it's vicious. You're fighting for your spot, but holy cow, does it have meaning? You know what I mean? Like now it's like, and and, you know, does that mean guys would fight safe? I don't know. Maybe sometimes you hear that, you know, when something's on the line, they fight safe. Um, But can you imagine? And again, I'm not saying we need to get rid of contender series, but can you imagine if, you know, you had five fights every Thursday night maybe and it's like ten dudes that are fighting for their UFC contract. If they win and they stay on the roster, they lose and, you know, you're a free agent. Woo, like I said, it's tough. I, I, I might not like to be the people in that situation, but, boy, it sure does make for stakes. Um, and that's what the PFL is doing right now. So um, they got that going. And then, of course, you got Bellator 284 as well. Um, that's going to be on Friday night. Neiman Gracie versus Goichi Yamauchi. Uh, some 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 names on this card as well though. Lemele McFarland is back. Steve Mowry versus Valentin Moldowski. That's a big one. Aaron Jeffrey 
former CFFC champ, getting a step up on short notice to face Austin Vanderford. Man, that dude is taking a big step up there. Respect that. The debut of Pat Downey. Had an interview with Pat Downey. Speaking of technical issues, I had an interview with Pat Downey as well, and it had audio issues. Maybe the internet's on my Maybe it's probably <laughs> Maybe. Actually, Pat Downey said specifically it was his internet. He said, I'm sorry. I'm trying to get better internet where I am. It sucks. Uh, this will be the best you can do. Hopefully you can live with it. Uh, but it was bad. It was like repeating words. It, it was bad. Whereas with Cheeto and Dominic, I thought the audio was good enough that I went ahead and posted it. Um, his, I was just dealing with it earlier today. And I wanted to post it because the, the, the guy is interesting. Um, and, and, and actually it was funny because as big of a bold, brash talker as he was, he said, look, when I enter the cage, it's going to be with humility. You know, I understand that um, – you know, he said, then I'll go back to talking afterwards. <laughs> but, you know, I understand, like, th- this is a big opportunity and a big moment. So, a um, lot of big MMA this weekend. Uh, and, and I'll be watching on TV like the rest of you guys because I'm, I'm home in Las Vegas, like I said, wanted to be with my kid on his first week of school. So, uh, But it will be in Salt Lake next week, and Cold Coffee will be there. Okay, listen, a couple things I want to talk about first. I was at the Contender Series last night. I did attend that. Um, enjoyed it. Uh, and, of course... We were all there for one reason, weren't we? We were there for Bo Nickel. And, uh, man, did, did he come and deliver uh, as he was expected to. You know, and, and it's crazy because you come into a situation like that where your debut is unbelievable and all these expectations are around you. And then you wonder, how, do I, how the hell do I live up to these? And he did it. I mean, he absolutely did it. He absolutely dominated that fight. Um, I, you know, I think... Zachary Borrego was was overwhelmed. I mean, it, it was wild. I mean, I, I was hearing Robert Drysdale right in front of me, you know, just yelling at him, you got to fight the hands, you got to fight the hands. And never once did he reach up to grab that choking arm. But I, I want to, I mean, even in that little time that you saw, I mean, look at the skills you saw from Bo Nickel. The, the takedown was incredible. The aggression was there. That spin to the back that he had, come on, man. That that's That's high level. So if you weren't sold on the kid before, you know, hopefully, I know you only saw a minute, but hopefully that sells you a little bit. Um, like I said, I, it was bizarre to me that, you know, once he got in position to kind of set up the choke, um, Zachary didn't fight at all. I, I, I think maybe he just froze. Maybe he just got a little bit overwhelmed because uh, that was a hell of a lot of stuff coming at him real quick. Um, but, nevertheless, fight's over. And I fully expected him to get a contract. Back in the back, media's talking. What do you think? I said, ah, he's getting a deal, man. You got to. You know, they know the numbers. They, you know, they, 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 they've got it. You know, they've tracked. You know, I heard the numbers for the Icon thing were off the charts for Fight Pass. Just massive. You know, one of the biggest things they had. Um, you know, they've had multiple features on them on the website, social media posts. Um, they see, you know, the type of attention this gets. And, and it's a crossover audience, too, which is good, right? I mean, he's attracting, you know, traditional wrestling fans that maybe not following MMA. He's kind of dragging some more people. Out. So, anyway, they see the numbers. Um, and so I thought, well, for sure they're going to give him this. Um, and then Dana doesn't, right? And then Dana comes back afterwards. He's like, yeah, but he's only 2-0. and um, And Bo himself said, look, you know, I'm good with it. It's okay. You know, my goal is not to be in the UFC. My goal is to, my goal is to uh, you know, to be the best in the world, to be a champion. And, you know, we'll do what we got to do. Bottom line is, all that to me was code talk for, bro, we've already got a deal signed. <laughs> you know, we've already got a deal signed. They just want me to get another, you know, uh, another fight of, of experience here um, under contender series. And by the way, it's, look, it's it's a big win for everybody. Um, for Bo Nickel to fight there again, 
you know, they get to carry that momentum into another edition of Contender Series. So that's just another commercial for the product. It, it, you know, it's another way, to, another thing, like ESPN Plus, to, to get some love for. Um, so it, it it all makes sense. And, and you know, look, I think Nickel already, in, in my humble talent evaluation opinion, I think Nickel already can compete um, with a big portion of the roster. Um, but, you know, getting him another fight, another experience, it doesn't hurt. I don't know, you know, what level of opponent is going to really be willing to step up and, and compete him. I guess if a, if your thought process is, you know, maybe I'll get a UFC deal out of it, maybe they won't struggle that much. But I don't think anything he, he fights is really going to tell us anything more about him. I don't think he's going to get pushed. I, I could be wrong, but I just think, you know, they're going to find somebody that um, that's willing to take it that just isn't going to be on his level. Um, but I think that's all by design. Uh, but, I, I you know, I think it's pretty clear – that Bo didn't get paid five and five. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I, I think the reason he's so calm and comfortable is that you know they've already got a contract in place and he's being compensated accordingly and 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 he's been told let's not rush it. And listen, man, that guy's a smart kid. Enjoyed talking to him um, at, at at Radio Row at International Fight Week. Unfortunately, if you remember that live stream, we did that seven hour live stream. Um, that was a part of the time he was on there. We lost audio. So most of the Bo Nickel interview exists only in my head, uh, unless you're really good at reading lips. And so, uh, but I, man, I, I was really impressed by the kid, man. Just, uh, you know, smart, uh, well-spoken, you know, intelligent about everything. Um, I was showing my wife his fight last night. She she thinks he's a little cocky. I I think he's confident. I, it doesn't strike me as as cocky, but you know you have the type of credentials that guy has. I mean, you're going to be a little bit confident in, in what you're doing, right? So uh, I, I I I like I like it, and and um you know it's just weird because I think you know Dana was like, well, I mean, he's only two and zero. What are we going to do? And it's like, well, why'd you bring him in here? Well, I didn't bring him in here. You know, the matchmakers did, but I think it's pretty clear what's going on here. Uh, look, nobody's up in arms around Bo Nickel, including Bo Nickel himself. So, I mean, writing's on the wall. I think they got a deal done with the guy. Um, they're going to get him another win, and he'll be in the UFC. Um, and again, when I say they're going to get him another win, I, I I do not believe that they will just be looking for somebody they expect him to destroy. I believe they will be looking for, you know, a, a talented prospect to put him up against. I just don't know how many people are going to have their hand in the air and looking to take that fight. So um, we'll see what they can come up with. But uh, I'm, I'm sold. I'm, I'm sold on Bo Nickel, man. I, re- I really am. I'm in. Consider me in on this one. Uh, the other winners, uh, Jamal Pogues, uh, Eric Silva, Clayton Carpenter, all did get uh, uh, contracts. And uh, the, the Pogues one surprised me a little bit. Um, but I can respect it. You know, Dana said, look, he did me a solid. He's, he beat a, He beat a good dude. He did me a solid by coming in here on short notice. Um, so I'm happy for Jamal Pogues, you know, especially when you consider, you know, talking about what he's going through with his mom and just the emotion that he was showing and, and that sort of stuff, man. Got to be happy for him. Uh, Silva looked like a beast. Uh, Carpenter looked like a beast to me as well. Um, had a great fight with, uh, I guess, Edgar Chires, um, but, but was able to get the hard-fought decision win. So... Um, a good Dana White's contender series, uh, which leads me to this. Uh, in the building last night was the assassin baby himself, Brandon Moreno, and uh, I got a chance to catch up with him this morning. And it's crazy because I assumed, you know, the interview was arranged ahead of time, but they were like, hey, can you do 9 a.m.? And I'm like, yeah, I can do 9 a.m. So 9 a.m., well, I saw you at 8 p.m. last night at the Apex, so I'm assuming you're somewhere here in Vegas. You get connected to him, and the man's in Tijuana. This dude is busy. This dude is busy. But I had a, a great conversation with Brandon Moreno and um, really enjoyed it. 
All right, it's Brandon Moreno, the champ, and the Dana White's Contender Series cornerman, man. It was a it was a tough one last night. It was a hell of a fight, though, man. Give me give me your thoughts on the action that went down last night, my man. Man, first of all, I have a very, very terrible voice. I'm trying to recover my voice right now. <laughs> <laughs> so when I'm starting to scream, even when I'm when I'm in the broadcast, you know, for UFC in Spanish, uh, in the last. You know, in the main event, my boss is like, like shit. So yeah, so yeah, man, the, the fight was very tough. I I I thought Edgar Edgar uh, made an amazing first round. The second one uh, was very close, and obviously the third one, I think the takedown, the elbows, you know, the 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 the, the cut uh, in his in his eye. But you know, at the end, it's everything the same, brother. I mean, it's experience and just go. The guy is young; he's just twenty-six years old, so he he has the time to to fix the mistakes. You know what's so cool to see, Brandon, is your passion about it. And I, I kind of thought about that, like, right, like you're the champ. I mean, you could say, like, bro, you know, I love you, but I, I got to focus on me. You know what I mean? I got things to do. And instead, you're there in the corner, and you're not half-assing it. You're giving your life to it. So I mean. What motivates you to say, like, yeah, I'm busy and I got a lot going on, but I'm going to spend my time helping guys like him? Yeah, no, you know, what? I mean, first of all, because I, I love him, man. That guy, I mean, I, I met him in 2000, oof, 2015, 2016, something like that. And, you know, we, we are like amazing training partners. Uh, he helped me a lot in my, in my training camps in, in the past with, with Figgy, with other ones, with other opponents. So yeah, he's he's amazing, and he just need the some experience to to understand the, the the high level. But yeah, man, I mean, actually, it's it's funny uh, you're you're saying this because uh, right now I'm in Tijuana, in, in Tijuana, Mexico. So after after his fight, oh, wow. I I, I take me my I took my my car and drive uh, to Tijuana, you know, uh, uh, five hours until the until the border because I I need I needed to leave my my daughters with my parents because I'm going to San Diego with my wife. Then I'm going to Los Angeles. So, yeah, and, you know, crazy schedule, but I'm ready. <laughs> I don't care. That's insane, man. That's insane. I thought you were still here in Vegas. All right, well, listen, you talked about uh, his cut. How about your cut? We see the we see the Band-Aid there. Talk about the recovery. How are we doing right now? Man, fine. Actually, uh, uh, I was telling you uh, they, yesterday they took off my, my stitches um, it, it's still uh, like healing. I, I need to recover a little bit more. So they uh, they told me like no no uh, really contact at least one more one more week. But I mean I'm 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 training right now. I'm doing like boxing, my tie. I'm doing my stretch and conditioning. Obviously taking care of my of, of my face. No 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 touching my my scar. But it's a nice scar. Hopefully it <laughs> doesn't affect my 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 future job in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. Well, listen, obviously you're a busy man traveling around, but how many times have you sat down and watched the fight with Kaikara France? How, how, how much have you watched it back and broken it down and analyzed it? No, I love it, man. I mean, I, I've been doing my, my, my job even with, with all my schedule right now. Um, I, I already watched the fight like three or four times. Um, it was a really nice fight, you know. Um I don't. Sometimes it's weird because I don't understand the judges, man. I don't understand what they what uh, they are like watching the fight. I, I I saw the the scorecards until the third round, and I mean, one judge give me give me all the fight, other judge give all the fight to Car France, and other other 
judge watch one on one. I don't know, man. I mean, the, the, the three guys are the same and the same place and the three guys are watching the, uh, three different uh, scenarios. But I mean, talking about myself, I mean, what I thought about the fight, I was winning the first and second one. You know, he threw a, a few good uh, punches in, the, in, in, in those rounds. But I, I, I thought I, I was putting like pressure on the distance. I, I was like connecting very well. But so so I, I thought I was winning the fight. In the third one, he made the counter with the with the kick and I went to the ground. He connected me the elbow. I was saying this before in my all my uh older uh interviews. I had an, an an a little cut exactly in the same spot, man. And then the life is like this, right? The guy went straight to the same spot when I had the, the, the cut and he gave me a nice, nice cut right now. So was was high in that moment, and actually I think that like made me feel like a little bit uh, take me off of my of my zone. I started to lose the, the the focus in the fight, and the guy started to go with everything. I started to find his rhythm and start to connect me. I I knew uh, I was losing that that round like so far, <laughs> but <laughs> at least the, the, my only goal in that moment was like, hey, I just need to show uh, Kai I, I'm in the I'm still in the fight. I'm like still fighting, and I'm still able to make an, an amazing fight. So I was like just trying to recover myself, to recover my mind and, and put pressure on every single uh, time. And, you know, just listen in my, my corner, like, hey, finish with the with the hook or finish with the kick. And that's it. I, I did it. And man, thanks God, uh, it works perfectly. James Krause, he's just a master, right? I mean, it's unbelievable. He calls for it and that's exactly what works. It, it's, it's unbelievable. Man, you know, actually, when when I start to 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 take the decision to move my, my my training camp to other place, I was a little bit concerned, definitely, because I mean, all my life I, I was in in intro gym. I love I love everybody there. I mean, all these people is is like my family. But the decision was just like a professional decision. So when I start to find another place. I was a little bit concerned because, man, you know, another system, another different knowledge. Uh, you know, I don't know if I will find comfortable. And I mean, right now, my the, the, the position I have, like, man, if I lose against Kaikara France, my career goes down. And I show to the, to the world I, I can go up again. But I mean, I, I, I know it will be very hard to, to get out from that one, right? So I was, that, this training camp was a little bit scared for me, but... Man, I just put all my my confidence in James, in the process, and in glory, and you know the the new team I I, I build with uh, with Hector Vasquez in Las Vegas, with my my multi coach uh, Pedro Lopez in in Vallarta. He lives in Mexico, but he he came to to to, to help me in this training camp. And Jorge Capetillo, he's uh, my my new boxing coach. He's in Vegas too. So yeah, man. And talking about specifically about James, man. The guy is amazing. The guy is very smart. The guy is very passionate about this. Uh, a lot of people were saying like, hey, why he doesn't go to, uh, to I don't know, like ATT, to American Kickboxing Academy, to, you know, these the, uh, huge academies. But man, I, I, you know, being part of the broadcast, I had the opportunity to watch uh, James in the corner, like that, the connection with with his uh with his fighters, and like, oh, okay, I love it. I, I love the, the the connection. I love the, how he communicate his idea to the to the guys in the in the middle of the fight. So you know, so you know, I decided for James, and I think it was an amazing uh, decision.
I love it, man. I think he's one of the elite coaches out there. Now, I wanted to ask you about this, Brandon, because post-fight, obviously, Davison Figueredo comes in the cage. And, man, I just got – I commend you. I've seen a lot of people that have been like, oh, Brandon messed up. He could have really sold the fight. He did – and I saw it the opposite way. I said, man, look at Brandon Moreno showing his character, man, showing – what this sport can be that it doesn't always have to be about this crazy selling and you know and, and rivalries i mean you can just say like hey man i respect you you're a great martial artist we're, we're two of the best in the world we're gonna get in there and do it and especially when you talk about an example for your kids i mean that that hit home for me you know i'm a father and, and i just i to be honest with you brandon i thought it was a beautiful moment man so i just wanted to get your thoughts on it. now that you've had a a little time to you know reflect on it i guess are you are you happy with the way you handled it? Do you wish you would have pushed a few more pay-per-views or what what did you what was going through <laughs> your mind in that moment? You, you know what? I mean I I I, I feel like I, I I took the 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 longest way, but that way made me feel better, man. Made me feel like like a better person and I don't know if I'm a better person or not. Just I put my <laughs> hair there because I mean, brother, I was like ready to throw all my shit with with Figueroa in that moment, man. I was ready, like let's freaking go, uh, because I I saw him a, a Thursday night in in the hotel in in, in Dallas, and then uh, you know I started to think like, okay, I I I I can see how this can go in the future, like all the drama, all the the things, you know, the college, like hey, let's go, uh, but you know. All, all the all my Saturday I was in the in the in the in my hotel room because I needed to go to the arena uh, until 8 p.m. So I was all day in in the hotel room like talking with myself like you know thinking about the fight thinking about what happened after that I don't know I mean I I I, I went on to my, the the conclusion to I don't need to sell the fight like that I mean thanks God all the people lost me because I'm like real in my own way like I mean you know and it's crazy because I know my job I know my sport I mean I need to to I need to try to hurt somebody to win money for my family but at this but at the same time I mean I'm just a guy who's trying to be happy in life man <laughs> And I want to show that to my girl. Like, I mean, imagine if I do like something stupid in television, like in front of a lot of people. And man, my my daughter, my son. I mean, she she born in, in California, but she lives all all uh, her life in Tijuana. His his English is not very uh, the best, but she start to to talk a little bit more. So she she start to flow. So maybe she understand right now, or maybe not. But I know in the future she will understand. So I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, yeah, and at the end, the guy who, the guys who criticize my job to don't sell the fight like that. I mean, I don't know. I feel like I'm selling more than that, than those guys. So <laughs> I don't care. Mm, what a great point, man. I, I thought it was beautiful. You you represented yourself. You represented your family well, man. And and look. We're all looking forward to the fight, man. That's going to be a hell of a fight. You two guys are the best in the world, man. It's going to be unbelievable. So uh, let me ask you, Ray, how do you get back to normal life, right? You talked about, like, fight week, hotels, you know, all the media. All, I mean, it's crazy, right? You're, you're the center of the universe. There's all this pressure. There's all this excitement. There's all... How do you get back to normal life? Like, how do you decompress and just go, like, okay, now I'm just hanging around the house, cooking some breakfast and making some <laughs> Legos or whatever, you know? <laughs> man, you have a good question, man. It's funny because 
um, and next next day after you know after the fight, I went to my home and all my family was there. So we start to eat like carne asada and and all that stuff with the family. And then they 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 went to uh, back to to Mexico. And that's it. I was like along with my daughters and along with my wife with a few training partners who lives with me. Um, and man, I enjoy too much those moments. Like I feel a lot of peace in my soul, man. I feel a lot of peace in my soul. Like hey, I I I did the job. I did it. Um, we are happy. And again, I'm just trying to be happy, man. And and I'm just trying to don like believe too much in like oh i'm the champion i need to i need to bring the the bell everywhere i need to be, be with the bell in every single arena or whatever because uh, after after i lose the bell i i discover i discover i don't need the bell to be happy and this phrase is mm-hmm. i think for from i think Dominic cruz was the guy who said that before something i don't but my, my man uh, jason told told me uh, remember me that uh, that that words those words and was like that's true wow i mean that was like like uh, like two months ago and i still uh, thinking about it so yeah man i don't i just trying to, to, to don't read the message in, in social media you know i don't uh, the good ones and the bad ones the both i think are very dangerous for you so and that's it it's it's kind of easy but at the same time it is it, hard because sometimes you are here and sometimes you are here so i'm gonna try to go forward <laughs> i love it man such a phenomenal point all right well listen we know we got a great fight ahead, right? The fourth fight, we're all looking forward to it. It's going to be unbelievable. Talk to us. Is there any progress at all? Today, it was just announced the fight in Brazil is official that we all thought was happening in January. It's official now. I know you wanted to fight before January if you could, but I don't know. What, what are we hearing? Are we hearing anything about when Davison is going to be ready, or when you'll be ready? What, what do we know about the progress of when this could happen? Man, and no, no, no. No progress at, uh, at all. So yeah, definitely I wanted to fight in December. Uh, today, this morning, I, I watched the, the 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 event in Rio will be in January twenty twenty first. I'm not happy with the date. I don't know. I, I I wanted to be active. You know, I wanted to to fight uh, fast, quickly. But let's see how everything goes with you know with Gypsy, with Davison, with his with his new manager with Raya and. I don't know, man. I, I wanted to fight in December. I, I don't have not, uh, too much to say. I just wanted to fight in December. But if the negotiation go to, to January in Brazil, let's go. I don't care. I just want to be the, 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 the real champion, right? I love it, man. Well, I can't wait for it. All right. Well, listen, the schedule's busy. You're going to San Diego, Los Angeles. I mean, what, what, what's going on, man? So are, are you – do you don't take any time off at all? Brother, I need to – so I'm going – Right now, I live. I, I'm leaving my 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 kids with my parents. Then I go to Los Angeles because uh, my wife has uh, her uh, uh, passport appointment. Then I go back to San Diego. They leave me there for all my my things there. Then we go back to Los Angeles for uh, some a, a mini media tour. Uh, I go back to Vegas. I uh, then I go to Salt Lake City for the pay per view event. Then I I go to to Paris for for the event, the first event in Paris. Man, it will be crazy, but I'm excited. I, I, I knew, I, I knew always, actually, when, when I won the, the title uh, last time, the last year, uh, the the next, like, one, one and a half month was crazy. My schedule was very busy, so I was expecting the same for this one. 
I love it, man. Well, I'll let you uh, go have some of your time back then. Uh, thank you for carving out a little piece of your busy schedule for me, my man. And look, brother, I cannot wait for that fourth fight. You don't need to sell it. We don't need any antics. We don't need nothing. We got two of the best in the world doing it for a fourth time. I mean, that's history. Cannot wait for that fight, my man. Let's go, brother. Thank you so much for the time. You know, nothing. You know, it's, it's, it's time to work. <laughs> I mean, look, this is a sport full of nice people, but uh, that dude's that dude's one of the best, man. And uh, looking forward to that fourth fight with Davison Figueredo. We'll see if it happens in Brazil. Seems like maybe it will. Obviously, that's official. I'm sure they're going to stack that card with with championships, so maybe it will. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. And, and listen, I I really do um, stand firmly in in the side of um, I I like what Brandon did in the cage there, man. And I saw a lot of people just kind of chastising them for you know not selling the pay-per-view in that moment but to say like nah man i want to show my kid the right example man um i you know and again i guess i get sentimental man it's, especially as my kid's getting older and i'm starting to see him you know really turn into a person and uh, conscious of the of the example i'm setting for him as well sometimes bad uh and good um i, I don't know man i like to see kind of people that are that want to send that positive message out there even if it means a couple pay-per-views less get sold and a few if it puts a few bucks less in your pocket so um i don't know i was glad i got to 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 share that with them because it, it it uh it was pretty cool and if you know if it happens a couple months later it sounds pretty dumb bringing it up but anyway uh enjoy that conversation is, is what i'm getting at and uh big fight coming up uh speaking of dallas where that fight was um how about this how about this video with seth fuller uh clapping back at joe rogan uh, and the broadcasters, um, I, I found this interesting. I, I watched the whole video. If you haven't watched it, um, it's on you know it's on YouTube and, and, and all the major outlets you know picked up on it. I watched the whole thing, and to be honest with you, I like the transparency. I like the discussion of it, man. I like the fact that Seth Fuller is willing to stand behind his scorecard and say, "Here's what I was thinking. Here's what I observed, and and here's." You know why I ultimately made the decision that I did. I think it's worth watching. If you haven't seen it, take the time to go watch it. Um, I, I think it's worth it. And I wish, honestly, that we would see a, a little bit more of it. You know what I mean? It, guys being willing to stand behind their scorecards. I think that's big. I think you know I, I would love to see you know just a, a a little bit more of that. And, and I'm not saying every judge has to come speak to the media like. Man, fighters get nervous being in front of cameras. You know, like judges and, and officials would too. You know, I, I get it. Not everybody's meant to be a public spokesman and, and will express themselves correctly and will say the, the right things. So I get why they don't want that done. But I, I kind of I wish there was a way in a forum that this could happen more frequently. And a couple of things I take out of it. Number one, I will say this. So while I'm praising Seth Fuller, I do think that the whole idea of, and maybe it was just to stir up interest or whatever. I mean, this this is all about grabbing headlines and grabbing attention, right? But this whole claps back. I mean, if you're supposed to be a an impartial judge and you're comfortable in your score and and you know what you did, I think you could be a little bit more professional and straightforward about it, right? Now, he did make some good points. You know, now people are questioning my reputation, my name's been tarnished, so now I need to come. So I get what he's saying, and I do think. People do need to be aware of that. When you levy criticism at somebody, make sure that your criticism is spot on and that it's fair. And because, you know, if you are saying something incorrectly, 
you know, you, you can really damage somebody's reputation. So I, I will say I understand his need to defend himself. I just wish it would have been in less of a, you know, clap back fashion. And, you know, some of the video I thought was – once he gets into the judging – some of it was a little dramatic, I guess I'll say. Uh, but once he gets into the judging session, it's phenomenal. But it's that it's that drama side of it, I think, that, that regulators are trying to make sure doesn't appear and why they don't want guys – um, talking to the media basically because they don't know what it's going to turn into. Um, yeah, so I, I will say that if if anybody is going to do this in the future, and I don't know, you know, if anybody, any other judge saw this and goes, well, "That's a great idea, I'm going to do that," or if they thought, "Oh God, I'm make sure I never do that," I don't know. But I wish there was a way that more of it happened. Here's the other thing, and I've been saying about, I've been saying this recently, and I'm not a huge, you know, I'm not out there talking a lot about it, and. and whatever i mean there's people that study the criteria and study the judging and study the you know the tendencies of judges way more than i do so um you know i won't pretend that i'm the all-knowing expert but here's what here's what i think you know when he says i could have taken the easy way out and 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 marked it um one way you know for hamdi or, or but i put it for mace and here's why i put it for mace but if if the easy way out is the way that all of us think it should have been scored, but but then he goes into de, into definition explaining why the criteria says this, the criteria says that, and that's the thing that I've I just feel like lately sometimes the debate gets a little bit murky where it's like are we judging the fight or are we judging the criteria? And I know that sounds weird to say, and maybe that's why I haven't made this argument because I don't know how to eloquently state it exactly right yet. But if it's like if I watch five minutes of action. And in my head, as somebody who's watched thousands and thousands of fights, tens of thousands of rounds, I know who won the round. In my heart, I instinctually, I know who won the round. But then I say, well, but the criteria tells me that's not true. Then is the criteria right? You know what I'm saying? And again, I haven't found a way to eloquently argue this yet. So maybe what I'm saying, you're like, what the hell you mean, John? But it's just this idea that's been in my head. Like, if we know who won the fight... But the criteria tells us that's not who won the fight. Then are we are we interpreting the criteria correctly, or is it written correctly, or is there a better way to, to do something with the criteria? So I don't know. Anyway, I just want to point this to you because if you haven't taken the time to watch, I get it. It's a long watch. It's a big investment, um, and I know it's maybe a lot to ask, but um, I think you should. I think it's interesting to hear what he says. I think he does. The guy really does a good job explaining it, and. You know, explaining to the credentials of uh, those judges and officials who, um, who who were in use that night, you know, and and uh, who took some criticism, and you know, sometimes their their backgrounds. Boy, it is real easy. It is real easy if you those those are boxing judges, and then you find out, oh no, that dude's a black belt in BJJ. Yeah, oh, oh no, he was in a he's owned an MMA gym for the last twenty years. Like, I mean, you gotta think about it. like people don't get into MMA judging for the money. You know what I mean? Like, eh, you get some decent checks on the weekends. This is a nice little extra cash for if you're like a retired person. You want to stay busy and make some money and be involved in something cool. But it's not like you got people that don't love the sport that are just like, you know, I need a part-time job and I'm, I'm, I'm looking for some openings. I've never actually watched an MMA fight before, but I think maybe I'd like to be an MMA judge. Like, it's not that. So the, the criticism – now – can you criticize performance? Absolutely, you know, 100%. But I think sometimes people's question, the 
people question their credentials a little bit when you're like, nah, that dude's a lifelong martial artist that understands, you know, more than you think about what he's watching. So anyway, love the video. Uh, thought the, the dramatic aspects of it could have been edited out and left out a little bit. And it would have been more effective. I think it would have made the message, you know, less, uh, again, less drama filled, more just straightforward, professional. Here's what I saw. Um, and then, it, and again, you know, I clap back and I just, it's not for me, but I just think, look, maybe it at least, you know, as as Seth Fuller said, you know, raising some awareness, and maybe we'll get commissions to be like, hey, maybe there's a way for our guys to be able to discuss this and defend themselves, and you know, it, maybe it's not even worth it. I don't know, but I liked it. So, anyway, well, listen, uh, let's do this. Uh, Cold Coffee is just wrapping up media day as I'm doing this, and uh, we'll see if he's got any insights on the ground and. I don't know. Maybe I can. Maybe he'll share a little bit of what happened this morning, because he was in kind of a bad mood when I talked to him earlier. There was something going on. Really talk about it. Here's cold coffee. Oops, I did it again with your heart. <laughs> What's up, y'all? Uh, yeah. So this morning, uh, well, just to give you on the ground, uh. Not not the biggest of media days. There was some local media guys uh, there, um, but uh, Jose Youngs was there. Um, uh, Gabriel was there. I forget what outlet Gabriel's in. Uh, I really should know. I'm terrible like that. But um, yeah, no, it feels good to be in San Diego. Uh, man, the weather is beautiful. Um, the uh, host hotel right across uh, in the in the marina area. It's really really beautiful. But um, yeah, man, super, super nice here. But uh, so the story that John is alluding to is so I get there early. I uh, had to get up early this morning, get on the plane and fly into San Diego after working the Contender Series last night. So I was pretty tired and probably cranky myself, um, but was able to get into the meeting room earlier, um, hit them up. was like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm on the ground. I can't get into my hotel room till later. Can I just you guys got a workspace? And they're like, sure, sure, sure. Go in the meeting room. So I started setting up in the media room, and at that same time, the local shooter shows up for uh, the UFC, and, you know, he immediately, you know, like, me and John have told stories over the year of these local guys that, you know, just try to throw their weight around, you know, like, oh, you know, we're in their town, and they're they're these big shooters, so this is the guy that was hired to shoot uh, the media day for the UFC production guys. So um, immediately he starts setting up sort of in the middle, like right by me, you know, and then he starts trying to sort of direct and boss the PR um, woman on the event about how he thinks the room should be and just pushy, 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 you know, and she's pushing back. She's being polite. Um, she's kind of new. So I don't think she realized how much she could sort of push back on this guy, because especially because this guy keeps name dropping all these people. And lo and behold, he starts pushing more, pushing more. She tries to push back. And then you see the sound guy get involved into it. And then he's telling him, you know, you know, pretty much to the extent of, buddy, can you just please move your camera and you go to the back where he is, you know? And the guy's like, well, I'm shooting for the UFC. And he's like, I get it. I get it. I know what you're trying to say. So they're pushing back. And the guy looks over and he's like, well, I don't understand why he gets to stay there looking at me. And I'm just like, bro, hey. Don't bring me in this shit, you know, if you got your own shit. And he's like, hey, just let me handle this, buddy. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to work my thing out right here. Don't you just worry. And I just said, <laughs> I don't know. I was cranky, whatever. I said, bitch, I'll stand up and slap the fuck out of you. And he goes, are you threatening me? Are you threatening me? And at that time, Chris Costello, one of the UFC PR, goes, guys, 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 we got it. We'll, we'll settle this out. We'll settle this down. 
And I just told the dude to get the fuck out of my face and walk away or whatever. I don't know why I jumped down. I think it was because I saw him jumping and trying to boss and push around the UFC PR staff and then let on the, the sound guy. And it was to the point it was getting over and over. And I don't know. I think I was just cranky. But, uh, yeah, I kind of snapped at him a little bit. And uh, lo and behold, I guess I was going to almost start off the media day with my own little media day scrap this morning. But uh, it did not happen. Um, so by the time that I got in touch with John, I was just like, you wouldn't believe what happened this morning. So I don't really try to do these things. I don't. And it's not like these things normally find my way. But uh, you get me in one of these media days and these local these local camera guys that think that they can push people around and they don't realize that we're all part of the traveling circus. This is what we do day in, day out, week after week. We go and follow the UFC around thousands and thousands of miles a year. And the last thing we want to do is roll into town and have you kind of try to throw your weight around because you're used to being one of the big dogs here in town. And it's just like, bitch, I'll slap the shit out of you. But luckily, I didn't have to slap the shit out of him. Because <laughs> that would not have been good trying to explain that to my bosses why I got asked off an event for getting in a fight with a UFC shooter. But... Lo and behold, Kenbo Slice was not on the loose. Kenbo Slice was at the door, but I kept the door shut. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. That's not me. That's not me. I think it was because I was just cranky and tired. But whatever. Kenbo Slice uh, was stayed under control. So that was my exciting day this morning. Uh, as for the event, uh, go to MMA Junkie, listen to a lot of the interviews. There was some really good stuff uh, that sort of came today. But again, it was real short media day. Um, it's just a lot of people. It was like 14 people. Um, we did see on the card that that Jason um, uh, Jason Witt, J- Jason Witt, Josh Quinlan fight did get put on this event. Um, and Quinlan was the guy that uh, had the metabolites that wasn't able to uh, fight on the last fight, and it did get able to be pushed on this card. And also um, the uh, Ariane Lipsky uh, uh, Priscilla Cachoeira fight as as well is on this card as well. So for those of you that want to see those fights last week but didn't get to, you will get to see them uh, this week. But we didn't hear from either one of those sets of fighters uh, today. Um but uh, Angela Hill's interview I thought was really uh, fun. Um, she's here in town. You know, this is like a local fight for her. Dominic Cruz was in a good mood. Um, this is a local fight for him. So um, I won't I won't go on too long and I'll pass, pass it back over to John. But if you want to hear any of those interviews, go to MMA Junkie. We got all those on there. But um, thanks for humoring me. Uh, and uh, Ken Bo Slice did not show up today, just in case John gave you the impression that he did. He did not. He came close, but he did not. Kenbo Slice putting in work, putting in work in San Diego, out cold coffee. <laughs> oh man! All right, listen, uh, kids coming home from school. We're gonna take them to jujitsu practice and spend the evening together. If I'm staying home to not cover a USC event live, I need to be taking advantage of it and spending that time with my family, which is exactly what I'm here to do. So I'm gonna go do that now. Uh, we'll of course have an and a half episode. Uh, for everybody over at patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow, always, always appreciate your support. Busy weekend, all the big promotions in action. Uh, one championship still uh, out for a couple more weeks, but they got their prime video debut coming soon. That's a big one coming up. Uh, so the schedule is getting full. The dog days of summer are over, and the schedule is uh, starting to ramp up with these big mega fights and, and all these organizations staying busy. So we'll do our best to stay on top of it all. I'll be back with Cold Coffee. We'll be in Salt Lake City together next week. So the road show will be on the road together. And uh, we've even been promised a little visit 
for our man Hot T. Uh, Oscar Willis is going to be up in town as well. It's been a long time since he's done the show, so we'll get the we'll get the three of us back together next week. Uh, look forward to that. Uh, in the meantime, thanks for listening. We'll be right back.